Mine's going. Mine's rolling. <laughs> That's a good shot of you. <laughs> Thank you. I look way uh, more uh, put together than I do at the moment. I'm uh, uh, well, here. I'm gonna here. I'm gonna add just to sort of set the mood. There we go. Look at that. All right. <laughs> well, you did find the one with just the one figure, even though it's the broken neck one. Yeah. There we go. Very good. All right. Well, uh, shall we? As they say. Maiden A to Z, innit? Hello and welcome to Maiden A to Z. My name is Eric, and with me as always is my co-host Jonathan. Here I am. Indeed. You haven't done this in a while? No, we've done one recording this year so far. We did stock up on a few recordings, right? And yeah, uh, yeah. we're finally fresh again. I think the Christmas one and the pub quiz, they were fresh too. But uh, yeah. other than that, we've been using material from way back in November. Like if you listen to Nomad... Last week, uh, we asked, yeah, we asked you, "Will are you showing up on the 9th of December?" In that, as episode? it turns out, he didn't. He did not. He had the Christmas party thing, but he did drive far for our first annual. Indeed, yeah, yeah. Today we have another guest from all the way in uh, California. We have someone who I get you who's been on before in, in various capacities. Uh, we this is the first time I'm actually uh, uh, had the pleasure of uh, speaking to him. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, but we uh, why don't you introduce yourself in that case so I don't mispronounce your name. Lakayo. Uh, Paul Lakayo is back. Yes, um, indeed. Almost a year ago, I believe. <laughs> yep. And last time it was it was a scheduling conflict, kind of hard, you know, with the time zones and all that. And uh, then I got the message from Paul, and it's like, ah, oh, it's too bad. Like uh, I prepared some stuff, and so I, I didn't have the heart to not include you so i had double sessions for uh, that was the one we did with matthias and you, in your place eric oh yeah uh, that was loneliness fun. of the long distance runner and um, lightning strikes twice woof woof strikes twice so but that was fun too you know with that little kind of that episode traveled back and forth and i used uh, like melodies from with songs with california in the title like california love and uh, that's right california yeah. dreaming didn't we use the one from the uh, the um, there's 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 one more I think but anyways yes yeah I think three uh, mamas and the Very papas fun. or something yeah. like that that's nice to have a theme song yeah, yeah good. good to see you <laughs> so you don't need to edit me in this time with those yeah. so exactly exactly uh, that was um, you know that was a, a special way to do it but why not and uh, yeah today we're all in here in this virtual room together and uh, uh, going for one single song indeed. No more false statements. No more false Sorry, statements. <laughs> the Google Translate version of that song. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's, um, yeah. I thought about this before logging on now as a kind of was you know, exercising thought to make myself wake up. It's a Saturday mm-hmm. morning. And I thought about 2003. It's 20 years ago, man. That's weird. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's 20 years ago. And, uh, this is, you, yeah, 20 years I've been into this band. This is this was my intro point to them, too. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. Because you did, did you tell your maiden story? You didn't, right? I did. I'll, I'll rehash. I got, I got into them through hearing the song Number the Beast on the video games. And um, it was right. Tony Hawk's 4. Just like George Silano, I'm adding quickly. He also got introduced by the very same game. Side note on him, I did 
their name change from Metal Gods to the Judas Priest cast? Yep. It's actually a different podcast in a certain sense that he has a different co-host. Hattie was, was on. She was on before uh, as the third, kind of third uh, co-host or like a yeah. uh, producer and helped up with the editing. And then now she's the the one co-host. And um, she's the only other second language English on our entire network. It's me and it's her. She's in, down in Bangladesh doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! It's nice. They always say uh, the maiden community is tight knit, but worldwide. Yep, yeah. Yep, yeah. Very much so. I mean, that's the, like probably the biggest gift of, from doing this. I, th- I would say. You know, you, you you sort of automatically have a kind of shorthand because you have so you obviously have some of the some of the same reference points that you can even if you even if you can't really speak the same language properly, you you still have something very you know in, in common, which is kind of fun. That's the great thing about being a metal fan in general. I saw this meme that summed it up. It was metal singer as the T Rex from Jurassic Park. Metal singer when they're just talking is Barney the dinosaur. We're pretty nice people in real life. Yeah, yeah that's that's very true. Barney the dinosaur. I like that character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is he the most friendly character ever in any fiction or nonfiction? No, there's probably there's there's others. <laughs> I mean, if we're ta- if we're talking, um, depending on what we're talking, but uh, I mean, I think like I'd say Kermit the Frog's up there too. He's he's like a friendly guy. He's very friendly. Yeah. And isn't isn't there a Barney in Flintstones too, who's also yeah yeah, yeah but he's he's yeah he's not ironically not a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Sorry for the tangent there. Yes, yes, uh, <laughs> no, we are not. we are in O three anyway. That's when you started, or was it slightly before? Dance yeah, of Death? I know it was right. Well, it was tail end of O three where I got into them, and then Dance of Death had just come out. Bruce was on Headbangers Ball, and they kind of had like a bunch of the videos there. And I got to see them on um, the Dance of Death tour. It was actually the amphitheater show where Bruce fell because the night before was the pie. Oh, yeah, yeah. For Yannick's birthday. And they failed to clean it up. And during Hallowed, he kind of like slipped off the drum riser and, and busted a rib in the middle of the song. Still carried on and performed, which is pretty metal way to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, this album... I knew a lot of the songs from this album and a couple of hits, but you know, they weren't as ingrained into my brain as they are now. So, so that whole album I'll defend even wildest dreams, but get to that one way down in a year or two. (laughs) Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's weird that I, you know, yeah, it's funny because when I got into the band, um, you know, I, I got in around like 99. So some of the stuff, that we talk about like the 80s stuff was at that point younger than this yeah now we're talking about this thing being this this album this area being 20 years old that seems it makes you feel kind of old yeah i had my first um, wow moment with that when i realized a while back that it had been longer since my first show than it mm. had been from the first album to my first show yeah that's weird <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's super crazy i joined in in the earlier half of their career now it's weird I mean, obviously, if you look at this artwork I have behind me, it's very timeless, and you wouldn't imagine that it hasn't aged at all, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those at home, uh, I'm uh, I have the Dance of Death. Uh, I'm using that as a wallpaper, and there's still you got the death, and you got one of the CG, the horrible <laughs> CGI yes, naked person. Yeah. For those who have, for those who have 
dived into all the detail of Dance of Death. It's the broken neck one on the far right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. It's a, I very, think that, a very strange neck position going on. I think that a lot of times when, when the bands, you know, re-release albums and, you know, do like updated versions and they t- tweak some stuff, people tend to get really annoyed. And I understand that. But I imagine and say when this thing turns 30 or something, if they re-release it on vinyl and I don't think people are going to complain if they do redo the, the cover. <laughs> I think it's the ultimate judge do not judge a book by its cover made an album because like the songs on it are for the most part, I believe very solid, especially the one we're going to talk about. Oh yeah. And uh, if we talk like, I guess, presentation, uh, the production on this record, we haven't really like uh, been diving into much, but it's also a pretty good production. I would say Uh, again, excellent compared to the product, the graphic production (laughs) of uh, of the front cover. I believe it was all cut to tape this one so it's a very live sounding record but obviously for me coming in as a a, a kind of newborn fan and you know used to the sound of brave new world i don't think this one sounds quite as good as brave new world but still good what do you think paul production wise brave new world is actually still my favorite of the reunion ones but dance of death is a close second um i think there's uh brave new world sounds a lot bigger and huge whereas dance of death there's sound there's a lot of crunch on the guitars so to speak and stuff gets kind of muddled together there was a video talking about this um something in the mid-2000s called the loudness war where everything just had to be turned oh yes way too high Mm. i think this was a kind of a victim of that but um i still love the rawness of this one compared to a lot of the other more polished stuff even though i think the best sounding one out of the reunion is probably matter of life and death yeah i mean we, we talked about yeah there's some stuff on there that i i like that sound a lot i mean yeah I'm, you know the controversy of me claiming it's a bit demoish it's not nothing to do with the sound it's more about no. the, the work on the actual music steve intended it that way i think i think so he didn't he didn't want it mastered you know but that's that's kind of cool would only be steve harris or fenris in dark throne who would make such a call mm. <laughs> to not master it uh, i support that but Anyway, 2003, um, I'll, I'll probably mention it in rotation, but I've been watching uh, The Last of Us, the series. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Um, it's very good, but uh, we'll get I the, haven't even played the game, but I do want to watch the show. I think it's way better than the game, but I'm not a gamer since ages, so I mean, I, I kind of switched out all the gaming for guitaring a while back, mm, a good same. while back, 20 yeah. years back, but oh, yeah. uh, it's a good I series. Had, I, had a, I had to pick a, a hobby that's going to unevenly divide my time. Yeah, yeah, I kind of figured out there was uh, there was beer, there was um, girls, and there was guitars, and then video games <laughs> just kind of flew Sometimes out the window. All three or four coinciding. <laughs> yeah, but I did. I, I like. I cherish the memories of of, of uh, uh, gaming, like the old school stuff when I was a kid. But I completely stopped mm. at fourteen, and around the time I found metal really. And um, two thousand three. That's where that series is set. The Last of Us. And then it's set today. Mm. So it's like, it's set in the future that is today, which is 2023. And then you get flashbacks to 2003 when they had the outbreak uh, in this series. Oh, okay. That's kind of fun. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a cool format. Um, And um, that made me think, yeah, okay, we're going 03 tomorrow with with, uh, Dance of Death and with No More Lies. uh, It's crazy to think that shows that have been produced or set in the early 2000s can now be considered period pieces. Yeah, but yeah. In the distant future of 2022. (laughs) That kind of stuff. We're already like four or five years past The Running Man, which was 2017. Yeah, Yeah, Running Man, I remember that one. 
And also, you know, I'm saying wearing my Back to the Future cap here. That that was that's also we've also passed that a few years ago at this point. We're almost ten years past 2015. Yeah, that's crazy. And there's no flying there's no flying cars, and people aren't wearing uh, you know see through uh, ties and stuff. And you know, it's it's it, yeah. It's, I'm disappointed. They were um, only off by one year with the Cubs winning the World Series in 2016. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh? yeah. That's something I always hear as a Swede. The Cubs. I have no clue what that is. It's a team. Uh, I'm guessing. A- Yeah, baseball it's team. a baseball team. Ah, baseball. Yeah. And they hadn't won previously since like the early 1900s. <laughs> oh, there we go. Ancient sport, ancient baseball. Yeah. Uh, um, when I got into this album, or when I got this album, rather, um, it was a big disappointment for me because coming in from Brave New World was a tough sell. And, uh, you know, when you're just getting into metal, you're very particular about what you choose to embrace, I think, because you're developing your taste and you're trying to, you know, set yourself somewhere in the vast uh, space of metal. So I was very disappointed. And then uh, this is probably one of the absolute biggest growers for me, this record. I, I quite like it at this point. And um, not to spoil anything, but this song is probably the biggest grower as a single tune. Mm. Because first time I heard it, I didn't like it at all. I thought it was, you know, something didn't sit right with me. I think it was maybe the... <laughs> The rhythm, the football rhythm, as I call it, da 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 da, da thing hmm. on the chorus, or something wasn't right. Uh, but uh, I think um, I'm very, I've been looking forward to going into this track. Uh, what's your history with the track, Eric and uh, and Paul? Of course. Well, you go first. I'll look at my notes here. I don't know how to describe describe it myself. Um, no, I was curious. That football rhythm thing now now i'm never gonna un- <laughs> unhear that um right i think um i think at first it was actually one of my favorite tracks on the album um i may have fallen out of love with it sort of for a little while maybe in the 2010s but but recently i think it's probably one of the top five or even three on the album i would say um mainly because of the uniqueness not a whole lot of Maiden songs start, or no, wait, I shouldn't say that. Maybe half Maiden songs start in the key of A, or the Celtic Klansman key, as it were. As mm. it were. Yeah, not super common, right? Uh, Eric, can you think of another Maiden tune in A minor? Well, um, I'm trying to think. Klansman I'll switches stop. from A minor to yeah. A minor. Or Revelations. E. Revelations is one, yeah. That's one. Um, but that was when I was. That was when. I, yeah, I remember. Um, wait, what's hold on? Isn't um, isn't twenty two Acacia Avenue in, in A? Uh, mostly E, I think. It's very well, uh, E minor. Yeah. So so yeah. Never mind then. And then uh, lightning strikes twice. That was B minor, right? I recall from our last that time. Was yeah. On Zoom, you and me, Paul. Yeah. I think after uh, aftermath, deep cut from X Factor is an A. That's okay. the only other one I could think of. Yeah. So it's not the most common Journeyman maiden. Journeyman. Journeyman. Journeyman on the That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got schooled on Journeyman because I claimed it was completely white keys only A, but uh, at, of course at several points in the in the song they went away from that. But, uh, you know, that's that's the best part about, you know, 
pulling out a, a not very well-founded opinion or statement, you will very soon get corrected by someone. That yes, definitely, especially, in, especially doing this kind of thing. It's the best way to learn, really. Just say something stupid and wait for someone to correct you. That's how we learn. <laughs> That's how we learn. Right? Yeah, it's definitely the quickest way to any knowledge, and I don't have any face to save, so... <laughs> we definitely said things in this pod that turned out not to be true whatsoever, and we could been corrected on That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we goofed the, the solos last time, Eric, actually, on, on oh. Nomad. We completely yeah, saw, goofed saw, them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They started... It, it was Adrian first. And and that's where I thought mm. it was Yannick, and, and then, then it was Jan, and that's when I thought it was Dave, and, and you know, mm. finally Dave. So, you know, even the sun has its spots. <laughs> Indeed, Paul, you supplied us with some guitar stuff that you recorded. Uh, certain yeah, I separated riffs from all the tune. parts. It's super fun, super fun to play this song actually for as as simple as the the chords are and the heavy parts. But uh, I guess I'll start with the the clean intro, which I think it's played by both Dave and Yannick, but I only picked at least what I think to be Davey's part on the lead before he goes into the, the staccato, which mm -hmm. is the main riff. And there's like three different melodies here where it's the do 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 the first part. Mm -hmm. So. This last melody, I almost consider it poppy, the, the high part. Love that. Super fun. plays these parts do you know i think it's it's a combination of of dave and yannick because dave's playing a lower part and yannick's playing it a little bit higher right that was a yeah. um, thanks for supplying us with some guitars that was nice to hear i don't think there's any iso tracks for this one out there anyway no probably not <laughs> no if it is they're all mushed together mm -hmm. um so that was cool and in this clip that we played now uh, the first of a few uh, you could almost hear the entire tune right yeah, it, it really tells a story with those three melodies, and it, then it comes back when it's heavy later. Um, and Adrian plays, if you go to the Adrian clean part, he plays this really cool like backing melody underneath it that's almost easy to miss. And in Death on the Road, it really it really comes through. It's There's a lot of dark atmosphere because mm. of it. Before Death on the Road came out, I recall at least, they released... Um, uh, the sort of, it was supposed to be a limited edition kind of single, and it was a, a little box, red box. It's sort of the same artwork as that sort of behind me. That consisted of uh, it was no normalized, and then on that also you had um, the electric version of Journeyman. I think there was something else, and then at the, then also there was a as a bonus track there was Nico's version of Age of Innocence. <laughs> yeah, Nico's version, <laughs> and, and also you, you got you got uh, one of those uh, the the blue and white uh, you know sweatbands that Steve wears, and also and this was sort of this this is an era when this was kind of cool. You put it on your computer and your DVD player. You also had a live version of uh, Normalize. 
Right, yeah. From yeah. but was it the Death on the Road version? Or I don't a, think it was, a, or no. a different, a different version. That's cooler. I think so. You, anyway, I could, I, Eric, listening to yeah. these tunes, these melodies, mm. when I hear them, it's this is a good starting point because, it, I mean, they're excellent, and I I think the younger version of myself found them too, too uh, let's say accessible. I think because right. I was you know a, a, a pretentious kid getting into metal and I was just get starting to get into death metal at the time and yeah. getting into progressive death metal or jazzy death metal and whatnot you know bands like uh, atheist cynic uh, death and I think this was way too simple for me but I mean when I hear it now that's the beauty of it that's why it's so excellent mm. I mean it's, these are really good melodies the one that you deemed poppy uh, is probably my favorite in the tune <laughs> I think it's an excellent melody and uh, I would agree. Uh, yeah. And I mean, obviously, I was also thinking this sounds a lot like Blood Brothers, or this sounds a lot like the Clansman when I heard it the first time. Mm. But I will say, when I hear it now, it sounds to me like the optimal version or the optimal take on that sound. This mm. is um, probably my favorite melodies of that type, and they are really good in Blood Brothers. They're, They're good. really good in Clansman, but I think this is ever so slightly better. Actually, I really dig these melodies, all of them, and they flow nicely from one to the I other. Think I think when I first heard this, I did I did like it right off the bat. But also, this was the first album that came out after I was already at this point a huge fan. So this is me at sort of my you know I, I, at that point I had consumed everything that was available up you know that existed at that point. So this was the first collection of completely new songs I was getting. I think I was a bit it was a bit overwhelming to sit there and just like you're you're taking in these so many new this you know so much new information, um, uh, and that's what, that could still be the case when you, when you get a when you when when a, when a band you're really familiar with releases a new album, I feel oh, yeah. like especially if it's one that you're really familiar with, because like for me, like I feel you, you basically know almost every like fucking millisecond of this band, and then suddenly there's an hour of more material you have you don't know yet, and then that's weird. But I think I did enjoy it uh, right off the bat. Um, I don't think at the moment it stood out as much as other stuff on it for me, but now now this is uh, this is this is definitely one of the. Uh, I think one of the stronger ones on it, and I think, this is why I, I, this won't happen, of course. But it would be fun if they did bring bring this out again at some point. Because it's only been on the Dance of Death tour, yeah. right? No, it's also been on the uh, we, we were talking about before we started recording ah, right. the 2010 uh, tour they did. That's not the Final Frontier. The one they did this the sort of a uh, yeah, uh, kind uh, of like uh, Neo Maiden or Millennia Maiden yeah, set. Yeah. It was a cool set. Do you remember that set, Paul? I mean, obviously, I think that wasn't even brought to the States, yeah. but, but you might have no, seen it, it online, it you know? We got lucky because it started in the States and we got Passchendaele because they were alternating Dance of Death and Passchendaele. And wow. then Dance of Death sort of stuck through 2011 Europe and, and Vivo. But we got stuff like we got Wickerman, Ghost of the Navigator, Brave New World, Blood Brothers. Uh, not in any particular order. I'm just pulling out from the albums. Um, mm -hmm. Wildest Dreams, No More Lies, um, Passchendaele, and then Benjamin Brigg and These Colors Don't Run. And then a, yeah. a few classics in there. Sadly, not Rainmaker a second time. So the only time they've ever performed Rainmaker was on the Dance of Death tour. But No More Lies came back. And I would love to see it again. Maybe if they did like now a history tour of the reunion period. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, me too. I mean, let's say something like um, uh, the first run of Legacy of the Beast they did um, for the greater good of God. And that was a bit of a highlight for me because I missed that tour. And the same goes for this one. I did mm -hmm. miss this tour. So I, I would love to have No More Lies in there. It's definitely on, on top of my list of requests for, for a set list. 
and I mean, it's probably a great live song. Must be right. It's oh, I yeah. mean, it's amazing on Death on the Road. I think I like that version a lot. Death on the Road is a great, great album. I think I have a friend that is very much um, kind of a conservative metalhead. He's really into the '80s stuff, really into the thrash stuff, and he went and saw that infamously rainy and muddy show here in Stockholm when they did all the new stuff, and he was mm. actually very impressed with uh, how good Maiden were without utilizing so much of the legacy stuff from the 80s. It's yeah. a cool move, I think. It's a really cool move, and I, I'd love to go to see a show with Maiden, all songs from OO and forward. That'd be really cool, I think. Even though, I'm, yeah. you know, clearly, if you listen to this show, you know that I'm partial to the 80s very much, but uh, I think that's a cool move, and that's also a show of strength. Like, we're still as good using only material from the latter mm. half of our discography. No. Yeah, you know they're confident in it, and they're so strong, especially yeah. with doing the new, the whole of Matter of Life and Death, and now the Fusion tour that we're going to get. Which has that been done before? By another band, maybe, but definitely not by Maiden. No, this is oh. this this is like a fairly unique. Um, I feel this is a. That's why it's so cool. I think. Any U.S. dates yet? I think no, so. Right? Not, no. not till twenty twenty four, and I owe my I owe my six year old the tour because she's like, I want to go see him with you. I'm like, Oh, nice. Well, that gives me an excuse to take you to twenty twenty four because I'm sure your mom will be like, Go take her. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, uh, we had Andreas Lindgren on recently for the Merry Madness, mm-hmm. and he went to see Maiden from from the belly, right? Or he didn't see them from the belly, but he went hear them from the belly, and then the first time when he was five or six uh, for the X Factor. So that's pretty mm. cool. Also, he mentioned yeah. that Dave's guitar tone on this particular record apparently is something exquisite, something really nice. So if you listen to mm. Dance of Death next time, yeah. listen for Davey and listen for his tone. I'm sure it's really good because Andreas knows his yeah. stuff. So. Oh, Dave always got has a beautiful, beautiful neck pickup tone, fluid, yeah. clean. I always say like in Rock and Rio, it almost sounds like he's playing water the way his guitar sounds. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the next clip we should go into here? Uh, if you want to, I picked out Adrian's part. I'm almost positive Adrian plays it because I've seen him do it live. He picks these small parts in the clean section underneath the main melody. Very atmospheric. Yeah, he adds so much by doing so little. That's cool enough to be the main thing, though. <laughs> yeah. if, that, if there was right. a song based off that, that'd be really cool, too. That's true. Uh, it's slightly more understated, which Adrian is good at. You know, like a sub-harmony rather than a to- on-top harmony. Ba-ba-da-ba-ba. He does it a lot in, I think, Ghost and Brave New World, although it's more just crashing clean chords this one it's more of an underlying melody it's almost easy to miss that's a, that was really cool that, that again i i don't think i i don't necessarily know i reflected on that's there but that, that was really nice and then the next part is just under the vocals it's um i'm pretty sure it's davy because i think he's the only one doing it live and he's very well known for just doing those staccato chords it sounds very clansman-y but it's it's really cool he just holds down the groove Thank you. 
This must be the exact same part that Steve is playing, I would guess. Pretty much. I don't know if he's he's doing the same staccato or if he's crashing. I think it'd be too loud if he would be crashing. Yeah. And then it's the the heavy no more lies into the heavy. What did you call it? The football rhythm. You know. Hey, are clackets in Swedish? What's that in English? Yeah, I don't know what that would be, but I know what you mean. Um, the yeah, the the active part of the audience, basically. Yeah. That stands closest to the soccer field, as it were. But uh, yeah, to me, what I hear here in this is Steve. I hear more Steve than Dave in this because it sounds totally like the way Steve would compose on his bass guitar. This could be my only, only gripe with this song. It's just the, but I almost question if it if it is or should be. Everyone, mm-hmm. it's only three words of the chorus that's repeated about eight times. Yeah. Is it just the right amount? Is it too many? But it's such a strong. It's such a strong way that he sings it. I yeah. think Bruce mentioned at some point the notes that he had to hit on this album were really weird, and this is a good example of it. But it's it definitely grabs you, even though it is repetitive. It's an interesting yeah. thing to hone in on because that was my gripe with the song as a kid that I felt that was way too simple. But again, I was out there looking for more advanced music, you know, being very having aspirations and having ambitions to get deeper into into metal at the time so i thought that was yeah like this is stupid but when i hear it now i don't think it is i think it's uh, actually quite smart uh, in its simplicity uh, like it's uh, made for live obviously which um, i mean the vast majority like uh, peter ivis said when he was on for beer beer of the dark episode 50 mm, that was a good one the majority of the stuff they write now is written for the stage because obviously our maiden after oo they know that they're going to be on stadiums they know that they're going to be on huge festivals, stadiums, the biggest venues. And Devin Townsend, a Canadian musician, he said that when you reach that level, mm. you have to think about it mm. when you're writing. Because you can't get across this kind of, you know, uh, the jazz death metal that I was trying to get into in this time. You can't get that across in a stadium, no, not really. No. It's too many notes too quickly. So I mean, to have just no more lies, it's perfect for a huge mm. live environment and i when i hear it now i just think it's clever mm. i don't think it's stupid at all first time i thought it was simplistic and, and a bit stupid but you know it is not i think it's a, it's a clever move and um, uh, for me the chorus just singing no more lies like that uh, it's all i need really i don't need any in between words no more lies <laughs> that's what you said no more lies and that's what i said you know i don't need that (laughs) you just you just went back to that fear of the dark song where it's the it's true wouldn't you you? (laughs) that's true i think bruce also sings it when when it crashes in a very smart live because it's so high that he does it like no more lies on the album some more time but he just keeps the note live to kind of rest his voice no more lies Mm. he goes a little lower if you listen to him sing it live when I saw them on this tour, sometime around there, Bruce was having a, he had a cold. So yeah, uh, I think that at least maybe not the gig I was at, but definitely the gig before he, he didn't go up high. He just sort of, he did it. He didn't, um, uh, he just, um, he did it lower than he usually does. Uh, you know, still very forceful, but still, still a lot of energy behind it, but just not going all the way up. Cause he probably couldn't do it at that point. I heard a rumor that he had the cold during the filming of death on the road at Dortmund actually. I think it might be the case, actually. Yeah, it's classic Steve. He just picks the gigs when, <laughs> like, the voice is shot. Worst, I yeah. swear, yeah. if they film Future Pastor and they film a gig in Mexico where he's sick, 
he's always thick at rock and Rio now. They're never going to better his voice from the 2000 rock and Rio. No, I mean, I, mean, I think that also, no, yeah, that's, that's, and we I need a Stockholm too. live. Come on. We need a full Stockholm live yeah, album. Yeah, we deserve yeah, that. This city we deserves do, do. a full on live album. Yeah. Which is not official. Yeah. I mean, it's legit. It's licensed, but it's not official. It was recorded by Swedish radio. You know, you know what really annoys me is what's going to end up happening is because I've always wanted like I should, like if I'm on like I want to be at a gig that's you know that's released like like it's like fucking buy it on vinyl like look this is the one I was at uh, you know <laughs> I, you, you you just you assume that fucking Stockholm would get one or Sweden would get one what's going to happen is sometime maybe not this coming tour or maybe even this coming tour like they're going to fucking release one from the festival gig down the Sweden Rock Festival one the one I'm not at that'll be the one that's released and then, yeah you know, they pick like a show from. Australia, like they did with Flight Six 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 and Book of Souls, where it's like one from every gig. I like I like it when they do that. Actually, that could be kind of cool. It's pretty smart because you get really good live versions. I mean, both those records are um, very good, in my opinion. Live Chapter and uh, Oh yeah, Flight Six Six Six. I mean, of course, you lose the vibe of having a gig, but then even when they did like Live of the Death, it was also comped from three different nights. So mm, uh, I, I I like it too. I like that. Funny fact is that. This is one of the most played songs on Spotify on Death on the Road. It's the third most played. Really? Most interesting behind, enough. Behind yeah. what? Downs of Death and Ratchild. Ratchild? For that yeah, one? Ra- yeah. <laughs> Ratchild has, uh, uh, has uh, 1.2 million, and so does Downs of Death. And then uh, No More Lies is just above a million on Spotify. And the rest, oh, of, the songs, the rest of the songs on Death on the Road are... Uh, slightly below a million. What's the lowest? Uh, that's a good question, actually. I, I need to check that out. Uh, the lowest mm. would be the number of the beast. It's what? A... Probably because there's so many other versions. Uh, of it's far, it's far into this record, and this is probably not like uh, this is a. I don't think I don't think a casual Maiden fan listens no, no, to Death on, uh, Death on the Road, right? So, and uh, number of the beast no, is I, far into it. I'm looking here. Look, it looks like the the one that I could be wrong, and likely am, but it looks like doesn't isn't Iron Maiden. Isn't that lower by like this? Oh yeah, you're right. It's lower. Yeah. <laughs> it's even lower. So very few people go ahead and listen to Iron Maiden yeah. from the Dortmund set. Well, well, maybe if you're going to go into listening to that album, you're you're in there for the newer stuff that was just of that era they're playing. And if you want to hear Iron Maiden and the number of the bases, other ones where they do it maybe better. Even. I mean, who checks out Iron Maiden on Death on the Road? Really? Like, uh, I only yeah. listen to the studio Iron Maiden these days. And mostly me too, but uh, sometimes sometimes live, you know. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick like a random song from like one of the like 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 Rathchild, whatever, like a weird song from like the the uh, the El Vivo or something like that, and just play that and repeat so it gets up like millions and millions, of, and they don't understand why. <laughs> Let's see, right, that'll be fun. One IP is not enough. You need to get one of those Korean parks of IPs, like a, yes, a yeah, room I want to do full that. Full of no. IPs, yeah, yeah. I I I, I want. Uh, so you get Korean. See. You pay Koreans. To, yeah. to to bump uh, whatever song that you want to bump. Yeah, yeah. So so the Wicker Man from uh, from the Envivo is gonna be like. <laughs> you just fork out a couple of thousand Swedish for that. Yeah, that'd be fun. That, that, that'd not? be worth worthy investment. Anyway, um, play the song. I'm a studio guy normally, but these few occasions when a version is so good, and I, this is one. Good crowd. It's like the German um, Oktoberfest crowd, you know. 
Love the guitar tones. There's Adrian. Nice chorus. This is so good. This is um, arm hairs rising. Mm. another riff I could listen to forever. Yeah. What did you say last time? I, I'll stick with this riff to the end of the earth or something? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a darkling sky before me There's no time to prepare Bruce's voice, great bottom here. Yeah. Savage lost horizon. He does sound a little sick here, actually, but... but no I don't know, he got lucky on this recording. Because he sounds great. Delay. Good stuff. Very high mix delay there. Yeah. I think this is a great voice performance. It's very... It sounds very serious. Mm. Love this too. Implies double time. It's a great build-up to the chorus. This is mm. such a great. This pre-chorus bit is. Pause. <laughs> it teased you. Stop. Hammer time. <laughs> this build-up is great. Uh, I think it's one of the best Iron Maiden build-ups ever. I was gonna say the same thing. Yeah, it can be surprising too if you not if you don't know what you're in for. But it's a great. It, I love the pauses and the gaps between the da 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 the football. Yeah, yeah. The football rhythm. So, so for this, like the first couple of minutes here of the song, that Adrian thing is cool that you isolated that for us by playing it uh, because that really adds to it, right? And I think that's something that tends to impress me quite a bit when it comes to music composition and performance is what you do from underneath. You know, what's on top is what everyone hears. Of, of course, you know, you listen to uh, you listen to Crazy Train, everyone hears the riff, but the stuff that comes in from underneath, like um, that little arpeggio by Adrian, and like yeah. Eric said, that could well be um, uh, the main theme. It could be, right? But it's also yeah. so, so cool as an understated uh, build from beneath. And I think the vocals here are excellent. Uh, when he goes into... We're in time, da da da, da, da racing da, 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 to da, conclusion. Da, 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 da. It kind of implies a double time or going from half time to full time yeah. without doing it on the drums and without doing it on the bass. Only the vocals imply, like, you know, a change of pace, which I think is really cool. Um, it's really good and a great version here. Uh, props to the Dortmund crowd for being yeah. loud and nice, you know. Indeed. Uh, probably had their, their beers. Definitely. <laughs> Their beers proper, you know, the Reinheitsgebot. I'm drinking German beer right now, actually. I'm doing the Greg huh. thing with breakfast beer. I'm drinking very black coffee out of my Sinjutsu mug. It's, yeah, there you go. Well, and you can't see it now because it's disappearing in the, there it is. Totally abstaining. I had two cups of coffee before coming on so I could stay up to talk. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, you're still in there. i feel it tomorrow. <laughs> the music makes you jolly, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so uh, the, uh, let's do lyrics for this bit. There's a darkening sky before me. There's no time to prepare. Salvage a lost horizon, but no regrets for me. 
Maybe I'll come back some other day to live again, just who can say, in what shape or form that I might be, just another chance for me. So I think that this song is about Jesus's inner monologue at the Last Supper and what he's thinking about before he's going to die. That's really interesting. And you know what? Just reading it like that, I think you're very right. Wow. Great, great um, take on it. Never thought about that. Yeah. I mean, they, they always say I, I'm a confirmed Catholic, although I by no means go to church anymore. <laughs> so you're a confirmed um, Catholic, and then we have the uh, recovering Catholic. In yeah, Eric. I call it a recovering Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I can call, my, call myself that, too, nowadays. But, you know, I'm, I have no problem with religion if it's what gets you through the day, just as long as you mm. don't force it upon anyone, because that's how wars start. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, I mean, uh, I like religion. It's just that I don't like big organizations. Exactly, yeah, yeah. because they can't be taxed in this country, at least. So. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. That's what I thought about sometimes. Like, if I was American, I would totally go into religion uh, money-wise. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is so interesting, just reading that, that your theory there about what this... The, 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 I think you're very much right. And just reading the rest, it, it makes everything so much more... It gives us a cool angle that I've never thought about before, which I really... Uh, well, the way I look at it is he's okay. He's he's a guy. He's he's God incarnate, as they say. Yeah. But he can also he knows what's going to happen. He knows what everybody's going to do. He knows what's going to happen to him. Yeah. He's just a guy going through these thoughts because he knows he's going to be going to his death in about twenty four hours. Yeah. And it's basically, if you just take the take the deity powers away, it's the fear of a man who knows he's going to be taken away. Yeah. No regrets for me. Maybe I'll come back some other day. He's talking about his resurrection. Yeah. And then you get into a hurried time, no disgrace, instead of racing to conclusion, wishing all your life away. I think mm. that's a criticism, a subtle criticism of people who take faith too literally. Mm. And then you get into time is up, it couldn't last. There's more things I'd like to do. Coming back to try again, literally, resurrection. Yeah, your yeah. time is up as a man, but continues on as a as an immortal yeah. i don't know thinking about normal lies i didn't have this in my notes but thinking about it i think because he knew the story is that judas was the one who betrayed him so maybe yeah. he's saying no more lies about judas mm. or uh, yeah i mean because then you get to the next bit here that, that's where i was thinking the next bit almost like they're all sitting at my table talking tall and drinking wine drinking wine yeah yeah, yeah. Every time I heard that, I looked. I had a inner vision of Essex and Steve's living room in Essex, and he's disappointed in his friends. <laughs> I like this one more, Paul. It's a better, better it's analysis. The disciples are the disciples or the apostles or whoever are getting drunk, and they're totally unaware of what's going to happen. They're just at a party talking shit. Yeah, their time is up, just like me, but they just don't know it yet. That's mm. a fantastic lyric. That's a great fucking lyric, Jesus. Yeah, pun intended. And I also think this is a 100% Steve Harris song. And yes. I know Fergal especially always makes fun of him. I want a syllable for every single word, I, for, or for every <laughs> single line of a melody. I don't think it falls into that trap. I think this is an exception to that rule. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, going back to what I said about the vocals leading it into a double time feel or a full time coming from half time. That's not typically Harris, right? The, the vocals no. are exclusively driving the song. It makes this first bit of the song very strong. Yeah. I mean, even regardless to what I, you know, I do also find religion very interesting. I find those kinds of very, you know, you know and I've, I've, 
you're, one is very familiar with um, the sort of the story of of Jesus, and you, but that's always almost always told out of the perspective of the Bible. But well, the Bible, but also anything, even like even like in in you know, because I mean, when I was as growing up as a Catholic and whatnot, you know, the, the kind of stuff you see in like with the, even when you're shown movies like uh, or like whatever in, in Sunday school that kind of stuff, it's always you know, you always see him out of the perspective of him being. Uh, the, the deity, the son of God, but this is just him, him, his sort of internal monologue. You don't really get that side of the story very often. I mean, the, the closest thing you, I guess you ever got is the um, is there's a movie, a Martin Scorsese film called uh, The Last Temptation of Christ, and that's sort of from his point of view as well, in, the, in a sense. And uh, but this is just a cool angle because it's like one of the fucking uh, you know, uh, a story of incredibly well known, perhaps the most sort of one of the most you know. The OG celebrity, yeah, or just a story that everyone is so very familiar with. But this is an angle that no, that is not really because in the end, this this here he's just a guy knowing he's going to die, not really wanting to do that. And that's what I mean. They do that kind of in the Last Temptation of Christ because that that also I don't know if you see well spoilers. I don't I don't, I don't know issue a spoiler warning for the fucking Bible, I guess. But uh, but uh, uh, it's more old than Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, <laughs> but that movie has to do with he sort of was given a glimpse of what what could happen if he chooses another path and he sort of half a large chunk, chunk of that movie is him seeing him growing old and having you know having a wife and kids and whatnot and then and then but he's also aware this is an illusion eventually decides well this is not real i'm not this is not what i'm supposed to do so he sees that and then he chooses to die anyways and that's sort of that's the, that is about people got really pissed off about that movie by the way because there's just him having you know Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yes. That's really cool. And that's when religion gets really interesting to me. It's when you kind of, because, I mean, we we were born in the same era, yeah. all of us, you know, and uh, when we were born, it was already old, it was already organized, it was already corrupted, all of this, you know. Yeah. So so to 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 find the good bits in, in these stories, in these tales, and in, in the faiths out there, you need to go back, right? And you need to yeah. envision another possible scenario and have a more um, open-ended story going on because if you're just you know following today's christianity is pretty fucking boring <laughs> but if you go back it gets more interesting so that movie is probably something i'd like to see you definitely should the soundtrack is done by peter gabriel um oh, and okay. there's a there's a last i think a song sort of at the end because you know if, uh, at the end sort of i you know when, when uh, as he sort of you know, the last sort of thing I think he's allegedly said, you know, as he's when he's up there dying is either either it is done or is complete, or in this case, in this movie, it is accomplished. I mean that he's done, he did his bit now. There's a song on the album or the soundtrack called "Is Accomplished." It's really cool, so you can put that in there if you want.
Jesus, uh, I don't think he was the son of God, mm. but I think he was probably a pretty good guy, a pretty cool guy, actually. Like, uh, it seems like he was a, a bit of a major dude, actually. He's like a good guy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the vibe people, I get. The thing that pissed people off about the Da Vinci Code was the theory that, oh, he was a guy, you, you know, he had he had needs like all of us. There was Mary Magdalene, and mm. they had a kid, and he had a descendant at some point. They're like, mm. no, you can't. He, he was the son of God. He didn't have any children. And that's, I think, what pissed people off about it. <laughs> right, yeah. But that, that I, happens, you know, as, as, as power gathers and as power corrupts, it becomes very important to defend certain factoids or certain bits that actually shouldn't be that important. There's a really good Kevin Smith movie called The Dogma, and they sort of uh, get into that, too. I mean, that's obviously a comedy, but in that one, he also would have had a... Uh, he also had a kid, and uh, there's a sentence. But I wouldn't necessarily... Let's say even if you do sort of if you believe that he was the son of God. So what, what would it matter? How would that change anything? The only thing, I guess, I guess God has grandchildren out of that. Point. That's <laughs> yeah, <what he> yeah. <laughs> but if you're the son of a deity you know, it, and it, you it, have you know, kids, it, it, will they be the grandchildren of said deity or will they just be your kids? I'm, I'm sure if Jesus's parents are anything like mine, they, they're pestering him to get, they probably want grandchildren. So, you know, what's the problem? <laughs> Angry emails can be sent to maidenazypod.gmail.com. <laughs> Just a word of warning when you're in your deepest dreams. Nothing you can hide from. I've got my eye on you. I think yeah. that's the deity part of Jesus where he's going, yeah, even though I die, my spirit's going to watch all of you. And then the last part, which it repeats at the end, is clock is fast, the hour's near, eventful past is ever clear, which I think means that maybe the things that he or any of us say or do in life don't make sense at all until we die, and we won't know what any of it means until we're gone. Because life down here is just a strange illusion. That's really good. You just put that in the song. Um, sorry. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold up. I think it's such t the last part here. Time is up. Couldn't last. There's more things I have to do. I'm coming to try again. Coming back to try again. Don't tell me this is the end. I it's love that line. Such a such a great bunch of human sayings that Steve projects onto a biblical character, and I like when they when they humanize a biblical character like. They deal with the devil and Lord of Light too. So yeah, it's very effective. Indeed, play on. Yes, uh, your your stuff or the um, Dortmund? Does your choice surprise me? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go back to your stuff then first. Yeah, do it because that's a Maiden A to Z exclusive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do the heavy lead where it goes after the lyrics before the solos. It's the same melody as the the intro part, just heavy and distorted. Okay, cool. Is that a Les Paul? It is, yeah. The only one I pretty much use. There you go. Sounded like one. <laughs> Pretty much the distorted version of, of, of the intro stuff, right? Uh, re reoccurring themes. And um, since they work so well together, um, I like the idea of doing them again in a different dynamic, right? Yeah. It, it may come off as repetitive. It's like, oh, they're just doing the same thing. It's like, they are, but the, like you said, the dynamics are completely different by having the heavy drums and then the heavy part mm -hmm. of the song. And it's a pretty long song. 720, I think, or something like that. I think that's average length for them nowadays. I guess, you know, average maiden, but a long tune. Uh, 
Uh, I want to hear that uh, the heavy rhythm too. Yeah, and now you're contributing as well with yours. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good stuff, you know. You, you brought the uh, lyrical analysis and you brought the ISO track. So, made in A to Z, uh, we are thankful. <laughs> Indeed, we are. Um, uh, for this one, that riff, I never played it, but super simple, right? It must be like. It's almost the same chord as Revelations, just heavier and chuggier. A to F. And the D, F, G, yeah. yeah. Very easy to figure not out. Your usual, not your usual A, E, C, D, G <laughs> from Maiden. So should we get back to Dortmund? Let's go back to Dortmund. Absolutely. To our German buddies, right into the football part, which obviously is going to work in German. I mean, it's the biggest thing in German is soccer. I think Justin Cashendale were the whole reason I wanted Death on the Road. Michael Kenny? Oh, yeah. So just a word of warning. When I'm in your deepest dreams. Drop as fast as I was there. Nice beat here by Nico. Paxico. I love his snare on this particular live album. The undertones that Adrian adds to the main melody and mm -hmm. Adrian is in the uh, middle, I think, in the middle pan on this Dortmund thing. He usually is there. I every time because I only put one earbud in at work, I always hear him and Yannick, because I usually have my right ear in, and Dave right. is always on the left. 
always on the left. I know that from with the tribute band, we, we mix it like that too, right? So I always have to be stage right when we play live too, because then I'll be crowd left, right? Yep. It's important stuff. It's important stuff. Dave is always on that side. Every single gig. I mean, when they became three guitarists, maybe they switched up where Adrian is, but Dave has always been stage right, I think, uh, crowd left. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he's, so, not, yeah. he's never moved. Sometimes he'll wind up in the middle. Last time we, me and Eric saw Maiden, Dave was so good. It was such a good performance and so much like originality, like personality. Mm. got some leads here uh, and Paul also supplied us with some of them so I'm ready to embarrass myself Davey the Adrian the Yannick it's really hard to play solos so that they sound good isolated so uh of you well that's why I played along with the song so it covers my mistakes but I'm ready to show them all <laughs> That was nicely done. I mean, you know, there's a reason I brought another guitarist to play isolated Murray solos on our show. It's really hard to make an isolated guitar solo sound good. Andres did amazing. You did. That was very good. Yeah, no, that was cool. Nice to hear you play all of them too. In which order order are they appearing? The Davies, Davies, the first one, and then Adrian with the pinch harmonics and the like semi sweep, which is hard hard to do. I can only do it on the top three strings, and then I just lose it. And then mm-hmm. Yannick at the end, which is one of his more melodic solos, I think. There's a little bit of him losing control, especially live, but he does quite a bit in that solo, I think. Yeah, um, let's hear the originals then. I think we're going to go to studio now, actually. 
for the lead bits to get the original intent. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Solo time. about the solo parts eric uh yeah i was just i sort of i, I had probably had stuff i was going to say but i just kind of got lost and just enjoying that so that probably just what <laughs> yeah. um right adrian saw there was excellent i mean it, it's adrian, obviously but uh, i think for an emotional track emotionally charged track mm. like this uh, you get adrian in there and it's just uh, pretty beautiful you know beautiful is the right word to describe oh, definitely. yeah this that. is this is this is this is a solid this is great i mean it's, i don't know what else to say it's it's um uh i feel i mean there's a lot of that on, on i guess on breaking the world but for me there was this is utilizing all three of them all three of the players in a very uh yeah this is definitely utilizing all of them in a very cool way i feel um i agree i agree this entire song yeah. and there's it's, it's there's yeah it's yeah i mean we, we'll get to the conclusion so i guess we'll listen to how they cap it off yeah end. yeah I love this bed. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice athlete. Hey. Theme melody back. Retardando. X Factor ending, kinda. Hmm. Love that. That is it, my friends. No more lies. No more lies. Quite literally. I love this track. Oh yeah, this is great. It's so Steve Harris too. You know, just that simple riff going on most of the song. He's not trying to impress anyone. He's got nothing to prove. It's it's uh yeah. This, I mean, when we get off this call, I'm probably gonna listen to this again <laughs> because I just, I'm just very excited about. It. Hey, we're at the conclusion anyway, right? And uh, this song, long song, third song on the album, mm. one I didn't really get into first time I heard it. Rather, mm. I, I actually quite disliked it. I would say, here comes the bold statement of of mine for this episode. This is my favorite track from the millennia new millennia era maiden this is my number one track oh wow there you go it's a bold statement yeah. even yeah. above passchendaele yeah 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 for sure mm. they are contenders yeah so I mean, it could be revised but definitely above passchendaele for sure for me 
Hey, it's a hidden gem. Yeah. I mean, for me, yeah, definitely. I, I think that I liked it before. I like it even more now. I haven't just talked about it for, you know, an hour. Um, yeah. That's awesome. That's often the case when we do this. So, right. Yeah. And I, I spent an hour talking about it with a friend a year back. So, since then, I've had that, you know, mindset that you're currently in. Yeah. It's on the list, folks. Hell yeah, it is. I concur. I'm throwing it on there. <laughs> like doing a lot of uh, Dance of Death songs anyway, and I'm happy I got to do this one. So I think the only one left that I might want to beg for, if scheduling permits, is Rainmaker, if possible. I'll work with it out. So uh, we should do a bit of rotation maybe before the battery runs completely dry. So why, why Paul, why don't, you, why don't you kick us off? Yes. I'll always throw out the other half of my username. It, uh, always listening to some Night Demon. Mm. Always. Iron Demon 89. Mm. That's a fucking metal. <laughs> yeah. I think there is a band called Iron Demon, but I don't. I can't find too much. I think they're like super, super death metal or something. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> not, not really my thing. Iron Demon. They're coming out with a new album on uh, March seventeenth. Outsider. Mm. kind of overlooked but now i kind of went through their whole discography and really liking was sabaton actually okay fergal likes them too i love how they just took maiden's war gimmick and just ran with it ran with it far as well you know really like honed in and nico nico licks of the beast nico did this beautiful solo from them and i was like i have to try these guys out and that's another future guest and he did confirm he wants to be on really i asked i asked him i sent him a message because he actually helped me uh, doing my whole cover setup, which I'm few and far between on them nowadays, but uh, people cornered the market on Maiden covers, and I was like, there's only five Night Demon songs up there. Someone's got to do it. Yeah, well, people cornered the market on Maiden podcasts, kind of, but we still did it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, Sabaton and Night Demon, then. Sabaton has like a history podcast or YouTube series yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I actually worked with, they have a guy on called Irvin, I think, or Ir- Irvine, Irvin. Irving, yeah, something like that. Irving Berlin. Berlin. No, not Irving Berlin. Berlin. I worked with him. <laughs> you fooled me, Eric. Yeah. But I, I, anyway, I, I worked with this guy uh, in when I when I was working in a jazz blues bar. He had a band playing uh, pre nineteen sixty four pre British invasion American hit songs. I worked with his band a couple of times. It was called the Mad Men Band because they had that whole suit suit up style. Yeah. And he told me that the, the morning after he was going to go to um, to work on Sabaton's history channel. <laughs> I think Irving Berlin has been dead for quite a while. In case I was wondering, Berlin, Berlin. Irving Berlin. Yeah, it's a guy. He's a he's a, like a. I think he I know like, what I am. I'm Berlin. 
No, that's not him. He did, uh, he did more like, like if you look at his Spotify, like his top, like four of his like top five are versions of White Christmas. So you can imagine what kind of it's like. He's Space and time universal. My mind is subjected, addicted to all. Yeah, that, that's him. Sure. That's another Berlin. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Eric, uh, take my breath away by Berlin. Uh, sorry, that's something else. Many Berlins. <laughs> None of these are my picks. Uh, I was going to say I've been doing. Um, I've been doing, uh, let's see. Well, uh, the, the new Flames album came out yesterday. I, th I think it's really good. I think it's the best thing they've done in quite a while. Um, I haven't checked it out, but um, I saw them live uh, mm -hmm. recently, and it was actually really good. Yeah, so this is worthwhile checking out. Uh, I, this The last few albums for me I haven't really done it. This really much did do it. So it, it, the album's called Foregone. You can pick almost any track from that. It's, it's very good. And then I've also just sort of since the Aussie announcement, um, been revisiting a ton of old his old stuff, uh, and so I mean like his solo stuff and and Black Sabbath, uh, obviously. Uh, he announced that he's quitting live, right? Yeah, no, he's not going to be. He uh, yeah, he's uh, retiring from touring. And uh, completely. Yeah, apparently. I mean, I think I think he's going to try to do some stuff. Um, uh, Effectively, he's been off touring for years, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, yeah. It's it's not gonna. I mean, I, I think it, it did sort of affect me emotionally more than I thought it was gonna because it just seems like an end of an era, and just sort of knowing that it's the end is sort of different than actually sort of assuming it's the end. I think. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of him as well. One of my favorite vocalists ever. So of course I I, I take note. What kind of annoys me? Um, not noise. Maybe noise is the wrong word, but it's just sort of sad. I feel that if you ask uh, even the younger, even some younger metal fans these days. Uh, since they sort of grew up in the era of uh, reality show and just him sort of being a very sort of frail kind of, you know, uh, uh, mess, you know, post, you know, having done all, like every single drug in the universe, and a bit of a mess. And you, it's hard to like, you guys, he, 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 there's a reason this guy is considered fucking like the, the fucking Prince of Darkness. He, he, he is, when he's at the top of his game, he was at the top of his game. You know, he was fucking untouchable compared to anyone. Probably my favorite vocalist in in rock music. Probably could be. Oh, he's I, up there I for me. So I mean, good. I think I think probably yeah. Bruce is always going to be my favorite. But uh, but I think that I uh, I think he's up there, man. And and it's he's one of my. I think that um, yeah, he did so much. I mean, it's also because like, there was. I remember I was out having a couple of drinks a while ago, and this is even before the announcement was made. And I mentioned something about Ozzy, and there was some guy there, like, oh, you know, who said like, oh, you know, did a. First of all, this 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 is a person who who thinks he's very good at doing impressions. He is not. I will say oh, that. No, and it annoys the fuck I hate out. that. I hate that. <laughs> I'm pretty good at some, and when I start doing one, he will inevitably jump in, do his. He thinks better, and it just sounds like you shit. don't anyway. do too many either. You don't do too many. No, but I, I can. Do, I can I'm not going to do. I'm not, but I can, Christopher Walken, you've done Walken on the show. <laughs> yeah, I can, but that's not great. But like, I, I can, the, yeah, it was good. <laughs> I sometimes have done like a bit of a dabble and a bit of Arnold if I'm in the mood, and he'll always come in and ruin it. But anyways, my point is that he was sort of <laughs> shitting on on Ozzy about like, oh, you know, fucking the 
you know, like uh, as a sort of so you know, uh, and sort of I guess the way seeing some you know, like a sort of very frail kind of old man doesn't know what he's doing and just like you know, and like yeah, but also like I said, I said none of the shit you listen to would exist without this man. So I think you need to fucking you know. Jesus Christ! Give the yeah, guy I mean, f- for me, it was very peripheral. All that stuff with the drugs and all that stuff, and with the the show and everything, it was very yeah. peripheral for me. It was out there in the in the outskirts of what he's doing. Not very important to me. Not really. Like reading about him snorting ants in in the dirt, that was very much side info. Like not important stuff to me. Not at all. Well, I think also because you would have sort of had the when, like I did, when I sort of. When I sort of was uh, getting into this kind of stuff, I uh, he was still very much active and he was still very much at the top of his game at that point. Seen him live? I've seen him. I've seen him with Sabbath. I saw him with Sabbath. Uh, I think three times. I never saw him. Oh, so you saw him maybe oh five with Sabbath. So I saw him ninety ninety nine, and I think I saw him some point. Ah. I think I saw him two thousand one, and I think I saw, or uh, and definitely saw him oh five as well. Ninety nine was uh, aptly titled entitled for this episode. I think it was Last Supper, wasn't it? Something like that. Uh, it might have just been the reunion. Something I don't remember. Something. But like I think that. the it reunion was... was called. Might have been called that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Check it out because I, that's when I first kind of heard of Sabbath in '99. Yeah, that's what and, it was uh, for me. And, and 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 then I actually managed to see them once, which I'm very happy about. You know, not gonna be possible in the future. I think that yeah no, but I mean like it's it's uh it's uh that that was still sort of seeing them at you know. Um, at uh, uh, when they were both, both even in 05, he was still, I and mean, there's still some stuff he couldn't do. Like, even when they did the the earlier reunion to uh, the shows, like for instance, in Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, the whole really heavy bit at the end, he does, he never tried to even, even attempt to sing that bit. At that he point. goes high there, and yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's a fucking hard song to sing, and you know, that's that's fine. Uh, but like, um, I remember when uh, someone told me on like the latter few later tours, they did like, oh, they play, play, play a bit of like megalomania. I'm like, what, really? Like, no, of course they're just instrumental. He couldn't do that now. A riff, yeah, a riff. You know, he recorded some of that stuff and he was sort of, you know, in his, in his prime and he now he's, he's a bit older. And even, even, even without all the drugs and shit and all that kind of health problems, you know, there's, there's very few people who at fucking 70 are as good at anything as they were when they were fucking 20. Right. I mean, with Ozzy, I have to accept that, of course, he's a major celebrity. Like, everyone yeah. knows. My mom's friends know him, you know. Yeah. So, of course, I need to accept that. But for me, it was never that angle, you know. He was always the guy that I first heard singing uh, NIB and, and Black Sabbath and that yeah. kind of stuff. And, you know, got scared of, um, what is this yeah. <laughs> that stands before me? I, I remember my uh, sort of... Uh... Like my very first girlfriend, uh, her parents, her Alicia mom, and were both of them kind of were very into Black Sabbath and all that kind of music, southern music. I thought they were really cool, and I assumed somehow I, I, I was under the illusion very briefly that well, maybe my you know my parents would my mom would have grown up around the same time. Maybe she's uh, into that kind of stuff. Or I thought, and, and, but that illusion was very was disappeared very quickly when I heard my mom one morning like looking at some sort of a, a paper. I guess I guess one of those sort of gossipy kind of magazines, and uh, and there was something with. The Osborne, and this is at this point when the Osborns were on. The the the, sh- the show was on, mm-hmm. and she said, hmm, "They're writing a lot about this that that foul mouth Englishman." Like, you know, like that's <laughs> who, who said that again? My mom said that. <laughs> like, Who's like the like, <laughs> your mom, who is the best the best attendant of tourist attractions ever? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fun. So so that was like then I realized, yeah, my mom is is not as quite as cool as my girlfriend's parents were. <laughs> 
Okay. I tried Sabbath. I tried Sabbath with my dad. I figured this could be old school enough, but um, it actually didn't work. The best of CD that I bought him is now in my shelf. There you go. I, yeah. I, I didn't even. It's so funny because, you know, considering how big a deal music is for me, uh, my dad doesn't listen to music. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. At all, really. <laughs> he doesn't want to do that. Uh, my dad listens to a lot of music, but it has to remind him of the music he discovered before he was 28 or so. Otherwise, it's off, to, off, you know, off limits. So he liked only Evil Woman. This is groovy. I'll bring an extension cord next time. I am a two. It was a pleasure. Thanks a lot for coming in. Yeah. And thanks a lot for bringing in pretty much the entire bulk of the episode. Yeah. With the, oh, the, my pleasure. the, the ISO tracks and with the lyrical analysis. Oh, thank you. I, I wanted to do it for such an underrated song. So Saving the day, like Clint Eastwood. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I think that's Sign it. Sign off the time, yeah. Yes, indeed. So uh, from all of us to all of you, up the irons. Skull from the north. Until the cows come home. Yeah. Very good. <laughs>